Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. You know what? If, can you imagine if you're sleeping, if you're sleeping and you wake up, that's, that's your sleep paralysis demon. And then right you there. can see, you wake up and that face, that face is looking at you. Honestly. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House. I hope you are all safe and well. Today we're going to talk about my good friend, Chris Kamara. And the importance of strikers and versatile players and maybe a little bit of Thor, love and thunder. And my guests are Ryan Hahn, Musa Konga and Flo Lloyd-Hughes. How are we people? <laughs> good. Sorry, he's got a new tattoo. It's been a chaotic uh, intro already when we start the podcast. I have got a new tattoo. I like yeah. it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's very clean. Can you, explain, can you explain it for the listeners? Um, so it is inspired by Chloe Kelly, obviously, and the Euros moment that changed English football forever. Um, and it's based on this crop top that Art of Football released um, not long after the final where they basically released this crop top, like a limited supply of them, and they put the minute, 110th minute, wow. of which Kelly scored the goal on mm. the crop top. Yeah. And my brother messaged me being like, that's the tattoo. That's that's the one we get. Um, he's had a baby, so TBC on when he's getting his. Oh, congratulations! Um, wow. nice. But uh, but yeah, this I, I got it last nice. week, and I love it. Yeah, it's clean. It's Are amazing. you addicted now? You feel um, like you need to get another tattoo. I've got two, but every time my mom's getting more and more angry with me, so I'm just a bit scared of like a third one and what the reaction might mm. be. So when's that happening? When's the third one happening? Mm, I need to have some inspiration first. Because have you have you seen the Chris Kamara? Yeah. Heartbreak. What is this for people who don't know? It's the, um, what's it, the CEO? Diary of a CEO. Mm. And it's funny because I got the, the link came in and then I watched it and it was really tough. It was tough to watch that bit. So I said, I'm, I'm, I watched that at some stage. So I watched it, watched it properly yesterday and it's heartbreaking. It really, really is. Um, that, you know, his, his childhood, um, you know, his dad come from Sierra Leone and his, mm. his mum from Middlesbrough. You know, being the only black people where he was as well was, you can imagine what that was like. So that was a brilliant to hear that side of his story. And then to hear, to hear him talk about his television side and how he, he, felt, like, he felt like a fraud because he started to, you know, that practice started to, 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 to kick in. And I remember watching him on something one time and I know that he's not a drinker, mm. a massive drinker. He's a drinker where, you know, he'll just have a pint and he's cool. 
But I thought, Jesus, Cammy, Cammy sounds like he's been on it. And no one, we didn't know because he, he, he didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew what was happening to me. And he was apraxia, which is, um, when I watched it, you know, it's, the more I watched it, it, just, you know, you just start to well up. A neurological problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's got to wear, he's got to wear a tag on there to keep the, the nerves, you know, tink, ticking off so as it can activate that side of the brain and that. But when you listen to him speak about it, he's calling himself a fraud and that, you know, because he's, he's kind of lying as the way he was and how he was performing was really sad. The segment of the video where he, Ryan's in this morning, where he was just like, getting up in the morning I've just got to be sure to know that I can actually, I can actually talk speak, yeah. I can actually speak and he just never knows when he wakes up what, what is if he's going to be able to imagine going to bed the night before yeah you know so and, and someone who's so charismatic and who oh had to gosh. like this man had to carve a career out of you know the, the challenging circumstances you talk about like you know working class being one of the only black people in the, the only black person in the area one, mm. you know that that is, is so difficult and you see the energy he had to bring to, I remember watching all those shows and saying oh Cammy's this and this. no but He's got to be that guy yes, yes. To, to push through, as mm. you would say, like to blast through all of that prejudice. He has to be like larger than life. Yeah, but his dad, his dad, Musa, who... Unreal. You know, his dad said to him and his brother, you, you know, because he had to, he said he's, he's so many times he's seen his dad having to fight people, yeah. to fight them. You know, obviously the racial abuse and everything, what he had to deal with. And he says people talk about black people being, about race and white people don't understand about race. He says... My mum fucking knows about race. Yeah. What she was called, because she was racially abused. Yeah. Simply because she was with a black man. Yeah. And when you hear Chris's father talk about, do not retaliate, do not react. And that's, again, was that era of a footballer. And when he was in that era, Chris, you know, from 76, mm. you know, Chris, Chris has been a professional. And, you know, they don't react. Cyril Regis, Garth Crooks. The things they went through, my God. Honestly, they don't react. And I think that it's because the dad, the dad didn't even want him to play football. The dad just wanted them to leave Middlesbrough. Mm. He wanted them to leave Middlesbrough because he just wanted them to go and experience the world and not have to go through what he's gone through. That's why his dad didn't want him to play football. He wanted him to go in in the Navy, put his brother in the Army and him in the Navy. In the end, Chris started to play football in the Navy and then it kicked on from there. He went to Portsmouth, but... You know, this, this is something that I think that everybody should watch just because of how Cammy is seen and how he is loved. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's funny it's as well incredible. for, for people of my generation who I don't think I've ever seen the clip of him actually playing football. <laughs> my experience of his only through the television as like a TV personality, as a very good presenter and a singer. He's got a fabulous voice. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he released a, a, a really nice Christmas album a few years ago. Um, and that's my only experience of him. I don't really have an experience of him as a footballer. It's just as this guy who was on television every Sunday on Goals on Sunday, going through the weekend goals, including the EFL, everything, bringing personality, energy, and such a friendly, yeah. friendly guy. And that almost consistency of, you know, seeing him every weekend. And it's been so sad to see him obviously have to step back more and more yeah. uh, and doing things that he so clearly enjoys you know, and, and love. You know the kind of football he was? Well, let me see what midfield. He would have been that midfielder. Would, I wouldn't, was he a goal scorer? He would have been a number six if he was really? playing that. Yeah. Because he was like... Metronome. But like, yeah. But like also... You know, he scored goals. So I, it could have been a number six or a number eight. Nice. Cammy. Because go. like he was, and he could, he could, he run all day. And it's really tough because he talks about when he was younger, he's like myself, funny. We played football 
um, against men from the age of like 15, 16, playing against grown men. And he says they were obviously trying to snap him into being the black guy playing as well. Yeah. And, you know, he said he learned so much from that, but he was hard. He was a hard player, you know, and v his stamina up and down, Cammy, all day. Can I, uh, should, we, should we give him some flowers? I think, you know, so I think he has to get the flowers um, because I remember um, seeing, seeing, all of a sudden seeing Cammy as the Cammy, when, you know, the, the funniest thing is, is that, um, Cammy, there's been a goal. <laughs> no, it was a sending off. It's a sending off. And he said, as there? As a Jeff. <laughs> but you know what was really. Guys, any, as I mean, a Jeff? Every, when? And he's kept doing that with his head. E like e everyone's surely seen the clip, but there are full like compilations of his best bits on Soccer Saturday on it's, YouTube that you can watch. He's and they are iconic. He's beloved, man. Can we just, can we just give a, a moment of thanks for the brilliance of that drama, right? The genius to conceive that. Oh, we're not going to show any actual goals. We just have people talking about yeah. the goals. That, that's like, do you, the, the level of broadcasting skill it takes to keep people compelled when there's actually no, you think about the, it's, it's actually wild. There's yep. no football. Yeah, he yeah. was, yeah, but he was, the, he was the best. Not just because, because we have to say something that would have been a disaster for some people who you're there to watch Yeah, exactly. The As someone game. who's done that job, <laughs> right. and if you make a mistake, yeah. it's the most embarrassing, yeah. tense thing. And it's all you can think about. The fact <laughs> that he embraced it and says, has that? I, I didn't even know. It was, was so funny. But he was like, he, the, the thing about it, I, maybe let's talk about his broadcast a little bit before we yes. move on from this, because I think that so he's good. so, so he's, he is so that good. is a very tough gig to be That's universally the, pro popular in yeah. Yes. yeah it's because very hard there are a few out of that stable let's say there are a few there are very few people who come through that and are universally yeah. Yeah, of loved course, of course. they're all pretty divisive at some point yeah. whereas Kamara just wasn't at all yeah. like, it's the I, enthusiasm actually yeah it's like anything from like for example yeah. like, and passion my yeah. granddad back in the, the like back in the uh, whenever it first started coming out would love him and find him hilarious yeah. as much as I would yeah. as well you know it's like it would be a cross generational thing and across and you a lot know, of my friends thing. who don't really watch football know who he is purely yeah, yeah. because of those clips, purely because he is such a, per a TV personality and an icon. And they'd be like, oh yeah, of course I know Cammy. Like, couldn't tell you anything about football, but love Chris Kamara. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the uncle you always look forward to seeing. Well, this is the, <laughs> that's oh it, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, he turns, hey, hey, how's it going, kids? You're like, oh, the, the uncle you wish you saw more often, but lives like other end of the country. It's that kind of energy. But you, the thing with, with Cammy is uh, he's gone through that, um, you, you mentioned uncle and people, you know, when people were hammering um, people like Cammy and myself because we're jovial, happy people on there, and they yeah. say that you sell out, and they called us that. What? And I remember they just called us Uncle Tom, like, uh. simply because we are personalities that people can attach themselves to and see as people like they can relate to and like. Mm. We've not sold out. That's yeah. what, that, where, who we are. You know Don't, who you are. But he said, just leave that. That's not something for you to worry about. And people would say that about him simply because of the way he is on television and they still then think that because you're a black person on there, you have to be performing, you have to do that. But where he is natural. It's from him. It wasn't, he, he didn't make up the fact that he didn't see the guy get mm. sent No, off. no, he just won't roll with it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, that's, that, that's like, there's, there's a, it, the, it. we've talked about this actually, it's a different thing, but we've talked about this in, with regards to like how we approach stuff on Stadio and just saying that you don't know is actually, yeah, it's, it's the not best a thing powerful, to do. Yeah. It's a very it's powerful thing. It's the best thing to do. And I think that, mm. that doing that on that sense and like it created, it went from being, some people might have been ashamed to admit that they didn't know, but what he did was rolled with it and created an iconic TV moment. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Like, so should, we have to give him flowers. We have to, <laughs> yeah. And we just hope that like, I hope, I'm mm. sure we all hope that he's okay, his family are okay, Absolutely. and that he's happy and as well as he can be. And yeah, flowers for Chris Kamara. He's loved. You are loved, Cammy. You are loved. Absolutely.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Should we try strikers? Yes, let's do, 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 do it. It's, it's kind of, I like that kind of subject. We've got a... That's a We've got a, I love. an iconic striker. <laughs> and, oh, well, thank you. Oh, and, yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. got, can you imagine the Okwonga Wright strike duo? I'd float around Moose. You know, really? but you'd, yeah, he'd have to have he'd have to have Velcro body. The ball has to stick. That's, listen, it's calm. It's calm. <laughs> it's calm. <laughs> it's calm. Um, we've been talking a lot what? about strikers mm. off air. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And about striker fit. Mm. You've raised something which was quite interesting. Yeah, just looking at like Bayern Munich, uh, mm. obviously the start they've got off to in the Bundesliga, you know, they're still you know, almost top, but but the departure of um, Lewandowski has had a huge impact on Barcelona and I think it's had a big, a big impact on Bayern as well. The arrival of Haaland, um, Man City, so impressive. And Nunez in a Liverpool team, he's a brilliant player and a Liverpool team that's getting criticism, but actually because it's such a team in transition, mm. very often in team transition, the striker is the person that Absolutely often suffers, suffers the most. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's just interesting to talk about strikers and their, their impacts on the league and what we should be expecting from them, if that mm. makes sense. So yeah, um, I, just want, I want to throw in the Lewandowski thing because a lot of people have talked about Bayern being so dominant in uh, the Bundesliga, but I said to you before on Stadio and off, you know, off microphone as well, just about, I don't think we fully appreciate how ordinary an elite team can look if their primary striker is injured, like yeah. Benzema at Real yes. Madrid, yes. or the elite team is in transition itself. Also, I mean, what, how do you prove your value as a striker when you get injured or you're missing and your team realise how much they struggle without you? And it's like, well, look how much you need me then. And yeah, that, I think that's an amazing, almost reality check for so many teams who probably underestimate just how important these players think, are to them. I think yeah. that um, what you say there, Moose, about... Um, about a striker's importance and how you can, you, you take him out and as great, good as the team is, the team does look very ordinary. Mm. That is something that, um, if, you, if, if you've been, like I've been in a, a, um, a situation at Arsenal where with the 1-0 to Arsenal and all that stuff, I've got a lot of credit, not a lot of credit for, I'm not trying to take the, the right. credit for that, but like, you know, when we weren't playing great and people, and then you scored the goal and you win, the, we win the game, you're going through that period with, you know, when I didn't have Vieira, you know what I mean? I didn't have Manny Petit and you had diff different players. I don't want to name, name them because it would be disrespectful because I'm trying to do them down where I was still scoring. But the fact is, is that you do go to a place of this team ain't doing anything if I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sleepless nights. I don't know how these guys deal with it, but it's sleepless nights because I genuinely felt like if I don't score at the moment, no one's going to score. You go through it. It's not, it's not a good feeling. It's not nice. It's, it's the, the pressure of that. I remember not sleeping some of the times to the point of in training, I was, I, all I worried about was hitting the target to the mm. point where it became obsessive mm. because I felt like if I wasn't, it, it, would, it was like the team wouldn't do well. And I, when you look at our team, I think at one stage we had Stevie Morrow, John Jensen, Ian Selly in the midfield. You know what I mean? We had, um, you know, and then Stefan Schwartz. Stefan Schwartz is there. I, I Good players, was good but player. they weren't goal scorers. No, they no, weren't goal they scorers. Weren't, no, but like the thing is, if you're not scoring, uh, scoring, like you mentioned, if mm. you take me out of it and I don't, and they, someone was in there and we weren't scoring, I don't know what that team would have, people would have thought of that team and how it would have gone. And we were talking a lot about fit, right? Mm. And how actually like some strikers just look otherworldly in one setup and you take them out and put them in another, just as elite team, mm. but a different configuration and they yes. don't look the same. I wanted to ask you if, just quickly, because, mm. and, yeah, I know we've got loads to talk about. 
something big that we've just uh, discovered, by the way, which I'm going to drop in a minute. There you go. There's a t I feel like I've just done like an ESPN style. And after the break, the biggest news you'll ever hear. Oh my God. Come back after the break because it's the biggest news ever. Pandemonium. Uh, hey, listen. Pandemonium. Um, but like, for example, the first time you played for England, mm. does, as a striker, does that feel, from a fit perspective, okay, I'm kind of in a different, like, you know, I'm further out to sea or mm. something like that. No, it, fe it felt because, let me see, when I, when I went to play for England the first time, I was up front with Lineker, Gazza was in the midfield, I think Chris Waddle was on the wing. You know, it was just like... That's not bad. It was... It was the best of the I best. I've never... A yeah, buffet, a buffet. I, it, I played against Cameroon. It was, it, it was <laughs> a buffet. played against Cameroon and it was freezing. And honestly, I felt like I was, I was floating. It felt like that when I was running. It was like so energised. And when the ball came, when the ball came to me, it came to me like Gaza always passed the ball in a position where you get to have your touch and then lay it off because he passed it naturally on the side of the defender doesn't. This is what I learned with Burkamp. These players do these things. You know what I mean? When you lay it off, like for instance, Lineker would go short, turn it around the corner and I was there and I laid it back and he put it out to the wing to Barnes and then you see, and then it was like, it was, it felt Poetry. very easy. It was like, my God, this is, this is football, like, this is dream football. You know, it was, everything was brilliant. I didn't feel tired. I could have played the whole game. He nicked, he nicked a goal off me by the, that's just the width of a toe. But like, playing with better players and playing with good players who know where the forward should be was something, like I say, was, I was so, I was so pleased about that game simply because I felt like I belonged. So from, from like a, a um, Let's let's say let's talk about Nunez, right? So yeah. the Nunez to Holland comparison has been a big thing since the Community mm. Shield, right? And there were a load of stuff. There was a load of stuff written after that because Nunez came on, scored. Yeah, Holland didn't really yeah. do a yeah. huge amount Actually, in that game. Two unbelievable game, and everyone was a bit like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, Holland the fraud, fraud fraudland, yeah. <laughs> fraudland. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, Nunez is gonna he's gonna, is gonna get yeah. ninety five million goals this season, <laughs> and. It's kind of flipped that narrative already mm. because tell you Nunez obviously got sent off, served the three. Was it three matches he got? He got three match suspension yeah. because it was violent yeah. conduct. And Holland is off. now he's just scoring. What was that tweet where it's like he's on track to score literally like eighty five goals? <laughs> no, yeah, I think I, I, I calculate. Like it was yeah. in the group. We yeah, did. Yeah, I, yeah. I extrapolated the can data. I say, can I say? Can I say very briefly? I felt really sorry for one person in particular. I'm like, we've never seen a Holland before, and Gareth Bale is right there. We've never seen someone so fast and so strong and so I'm like he's right there. Yeah, but he's not said, even dead. Yeah, yet. but Moose, can you remember ages ago? Ages ago when he's just, not even gold. When we were talking about Har Harlan maybe coming, I remember we said. I remember you, you guys said it. He will feast anywhere. Yeah, yeah, anywhere. Yes. anywhere. He will feast anywhere. But I think what we were saying, the, the point I wanted to make from that is that we Musa came up with an amazing point, saying that if you switch those two around. Their fortunes are probably quite similar, maybe not to the extent of Holland, because I do think Holland is a better striker. But for, because that Liverpool side is going through so much transition at the moment, I think it's he hard to come in. There. I think yeah, he doesn't get those chances. Struggles. Yeah. Holland but, struggles. So yeah, like, was does, there, yeah. was, for example, were there points through that that Arsenal or even the Palace stuff? I mean, mm. maybe the Palace stuff is a little bit unfair because obviously the the goals were different. Mm. But with but with Arsenal, where you felt like okay, this team's in a little bit of transition, and therefore I'm finding it a little bit more difficult. Or or did your game just kind of stay the same? But I'd like to think that my game stayed the same because I didn't need to do like you look at a lot of Haaland's goals, and it's either it's a second phase in the box, bam, or maybe he might run onto it, but he's in the box tapping it in. So they're getting chances in there, they're getting the ball in there, and he's in there, bam, and he just has to be in the right place to tap to, to tap it in. I found that when I went through. 
It's that, that particular phase where I was thinking, oh my God, who's going to create? I'd, I'd, still done, I'd, I'd still shoot from anywhere. Mm. I'd still take my opportunities to shoot. Hopefully if the crosses came in, you know, they weren't coming in as, as, as frequently as you wanted them to. But like, if they came in, you, you had to just make sure that you were getting on the near post, getting on the far post. So you're doing the same things to try and score the goals. It just felt like I had to be even more efficient with mm. what I was doing. That's the only thing I felt. I think it makes and, you a better player. Well, I think it made me work a lot harder than I wanted to work at the time because I felt like some of the times you're just tired. Some of the times you could see Lee Dixon getting ready to play and then he wants to whip it in and you're, you're not there. And if you're not there and then the ball goes in there, you're going to get hammered. So, you know, I felt really uh, under a lot more pressure simply because I felt like I had to score. Mm. And if I wasn't in there, I wasn't going to get anything created from the midfield. So at the time, it wasn't a good time. This so, loneliness, the isolation of being someone who's depended on, you saw with... Lewandowski at Bayern, obviously, and there's Benzema we referred to. Benzema, like two seasons ago, when they came second to Atleti Real Madrid, and the amount of games I'd watch where Benzema just dragged them mm. to some kind of victory late on. Throughout the was, entire Champions and, League one, really. Asensio wasn't playing well. But the couple of years, Asensio wasn't playing well. Odegaard was like, you know, on loan somewhere. Like mm. all this stuff that he was basically like one of very few strikers that was actually getting it done for them. Mm. And it's a lot of, um, it's a lot to carry, you know, and obviously, like, you know, it's. It's a wonderful lifestyle and it's a great job, yes. And also, knowing that you're one of very few people that can deliver to that level. And they, these people are doing it. And people Lewandowski are marking you. Years. He did it for years yeah. on end. And people years. are marking you extra tightly. Mm. People are making sure that they're trying to stop. They didn't need to stop the supply from the midfield from me because we wasn't getting a lot. You know, mm. like I was saying, with, with the midfield he was getting. But they would, the defenders were tighter. I was getting fouled, especially away from home. I weren't getting the kind of love that I should have got the protection. And it just felt, and I got more and more frustrated. It was, it was really tough. Mm. I found, it's only now you, you, you're, you're mentioning it, it, ma it makes me realise how fucking tough it was. Well, Mentally as well. Yeah. The hard work paid off. Because, you know what happened 25 years ago today? What's that? Ian Wright cemented his place in Arsenal history mm. with a hat-trick <laughs> against Bolton. <laughs> was it today? 13th of September 1997. Wow. What was the significance of the three goals? What was the. Uh... He became Arsenal's all time goal scorer. And I think that was my. The third one was my oh, 100 yes. Premier League goal as well, I think. All right, flex. Yeah. I had to flex there. I was sitting with Thierry last night. He took a lot of love from me. Thierry Henry. Yeah, me and Thierry so, were so, so, for, no, Sorry, sorry, sorry. This isn't about Thierry. <laughs> no, no, no. Focus. This it's is very, on you. Yeah, but it's very difficult to. Yeah, but you can't. I can't mention my stuff when you're talking about um, on Why? that day doing that. And then and I was with. I was literally with him last night. You're paying your respects to that. Nice. That's what it is. You have to. You have to pay your respects. Can I ask you something honestly? Because I'm not sure if I've ever heard you talk about this. And if you have, then we can we can skip it and move no. on. But like. With 25 years have gone past, uh, that's a fucking long time. Right? No, sorry, I forgot I was playing fucking football. Man's old, Man no, fucking old we're all old. Yeah. Um, what this might sound like a really wishy washy question, but I do mean it in a serious way. Like, what does that mean to you now? What does being the second, still the second mm. all time record goal that's scorer for right. Arsenal? Right, it's, it's massive simply because I remember. Like um, when me and, me and um, Roscoe, when we was in, um, in Adidas and the guy gave me a surprise of a newspaper cutting of my, the time I, the day I signed for Arsenal and what George Graham said. He said, you know what I mean? Kevin Campbell's playing well. Um, Merson's playing well. Alan Smith's playing well. Limpart, they're all playing well. He could be the most expensive substitute in the history of the, you know what I mean? And I only read that 
I only read that the other day when we got it from the Adidas. The other day I sent it. Yeah, I remember that. You had the receipt. Honestly. Sorry. Now what? we have the receipts. Thank God for sorry. that. So, wow. Yeah, Someone gave me the newspaper, yeah. Do you, know, hey, wow. do you know what? I thought I thought you'd be the all-time record goal scorer. I said that when I was... When did you sign? Um, I, t- I can't remember. 92? 92, yeah. 91, 92. So, so six, seven. Mm. And I said to my dad, I said, Dad... I think this Ian Wright might be (laughs) the greatest goal scorer of all time. And then do you know what I said at six years old? I said, Dad, there ain't any doubt in my mind about that. (laughs) (laughs) Any doubt in my mind. It's going right to the top. And then he went back to his Playmobil. But the thing with that though, Flo, is is that like reading it, if I read that, if I read read that at the time it came out, I was so afraid and seeing strikers go to big clubs and it not work out. Yes. And, you know, the big talk was, yeah, is he even... Remember, I remember watching the news news when they were doing the Vox Pops of, um, yeah, you've just went around Highbury. What? Yes, you've just signed a striker from Paris. Yeah, but we don't need him. We're scoring goals. and So you see that. If I saw that, then I read that piece, which I didn't read, which I'm quite pleased about. I don't know how it would have started because my whole time of when the Arsenal link, when I had to go and do the medical, when I was going, was... Oh my God, just please just need to score. Just want... All I was thinking about was making sure that I scored. I was so petrified of failing. It was horrible. It, was, it wasn't great. So you asked me what, how I felt when I, when I broke the record. Amazing. It was amazing simply because, you know, when I thought back, I didn't even think I was going to play. And then I read that piece. I've, he actually said, well, is he even going to break in the I team? Think, I think that's your next tattoo, just most expensive substitute of all time. Of all just time. Get it written We've got to get it. <laughs> we need to do Writer's House merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's something interesting, actually, I want to throw in there quickly before we move on about looking back. I talk to my sister about this all the time. Like, when she achieves something amazing, I'm always like, look back three years to the beginning of all of this. Mm. And it's really important, I think, to remind yourself, whatever field you're in, of like, of who you were and what you're capable of. Mm. I wonder how many times there were, I mean, you didn't really have <laughs> many periods of not scoring goals, but were there points where you'd go and watch old film to kind of remind yourself of? No, no, no. I watched all my goals a lot. You, yeah, I, was, I, was, I wonder with strikers, like, do you actually go back to your kind of like, dig into your vaults and go like, I'm capable of this, I can do this again? Yeah, yeah, because it's, 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 I don't know, it's when you know, you know. Like, for instance, you go through four or five games where it's not happening. And I tried to say, it's, there's no secrets. Any striker will tell you. You have to do the basic stuff that yeah. gets you goals because hopefully he's not playing well or he's not playing as a winger or the midfielder ain't playing well he's going to pass it through to you. They still do their stuff. You've got to still get in there because then once you start scoring again, it just... It... I look at Deli Ali like that. I'd be like, almost go back and be like, rediscover like the fantasy yeah. and like the magic. What like, you can try, do. I used yeah, to do it with Sean. The, the joy. That's yeah. why Jesse yeah. Lingard has stuff. had such a revival. I mm. mean, we'll wait to see what happens at Forest. I think he's still waiting to get going with mm. them. But I think that's why he had such a brilliant revival because he found the joy again. Yeah, I used yeah. to say and to he found Sean, the freedom again. I wanted Sean to do I remember Sean. I remember I, used to, I watched Sean when he was at Chelsea, especially times when he's in the team, out of the team, in the team, out of the team, and he was so frustrated. They say, go and watch some of your city stuff, early mm. stuff. Or yeah. just watch it. Like, he, yeah, he was doing some. St- he was doing some stuff. I said, just makes you feel good. This yeah. is a really stupid question, but obviously now um, players have access to so much at the tip of their fingers on an app or whatever. Mm. But like, how did you do analysis? Was it literally like VHS? Or yeah, it like, was. Yeah, it's yeah. VHS. Yeah, <laughs> it was VHS. I don't know. It's just I'm just trying to imagine being like, let me put the tape in, <laughs> yeah. and then like, oh, you know, like is that. it like a like then like an old school projector? It was, it was like, literally like just an old VHS you'd have. It's like in like yeah. you know in primary school where they get wheel out the TV yeah. on wheels. So it's like here we Wait go, till kids. Hear about floppy disks? They'll blow your mind. <laughs> I mean, I do They'll remember floppy mind. disks. But, like, I'm just trying to imagine doing analysis in like the 80s yeah. and 90s. Yeah. And like how slow it must have been. 
It was it, but saying that right. I thought George Graham was trying his best at the start to just fucking make me petrified. Maybe it was mo- a bit of motivation, a bit of mm. tough love. I didn't need it, but then Arsene Wenger came along and made me realise. Wow, beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, beautiful Arson. Thanks. I saw Arson as well last night. Arson. Did you? Yeah. Was, How is he? He's very good. Did he ask about us? Yeah. He's asked <laughs> Did he no? ask no? about us? How are your friends? Who yeah. lovely friends? Who yeah. One of them just gawped at me for an hour. Is I was it? like, Arson. <laughs> oh my God, it's Arson. <laughs> Do you know what? Congratulations on being, well, initially being Arsenal's all-time goal scorer and remaining Arsenal's second all-time goal scorer. I'm going to get, should we, you know what? I'm making an executive decision. It's not even my show. I'm g- I'm gonna give some flowers to Ian Wright. My what? God, on his own flowers. podcast. I'm gonna give some flowers to Ian Wright. Oh, on his goodness. own podcast. Whoa. Wow. This is like Inception. Big shout flowers out. within flowers within exactly, flowers. Exactly. Ah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's multiverse. like looking through that mirror that goes on forever. It's yeah. a floral <laughs> multiverse. That's what it is. It's funny because um, you know, just quickly, um, we were talking about and we mentioned Nunes, and I cannot stop thinking about um, the game against Palace for him. That's going to be a really sem- still yes yes. But we said that in the long term, this was probably a really good thing for him. The making to of get that, so that, that early, lesson, learn that yeah. lesson quick. I would and, wa- if and, I'm yeah. him, I'm watching. That's what I'd watch. But also circling back to my original point that we were talking about here in terms of fitter strikers, long term. I mean, there's, you know what it's like with England when you have two high profile signings like that that are joining two contenders. Mm. People love to draw parallels, and there's love narrative, like the narrative. narrative. Yeah, for sure. I think Nunez will be fine. But I think a lot of that depends on how fine Liverpool are. Oh, absolutely. And I think that if Liverpool <laughs> just get bodies back mm. and get settled a little bit, because yeah. we saw this we saw this the season after they won the league and they had, what, like 19 centre-back mm-hmm. partnerships or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they couldn't settle and yeah. they kept dropping points because they weren't settled. That's basically been the same this season. Yeah. So if they get everyone back... The is well, did you see what plan. Klopp said as Sorry. well? He what said, he Klopp was someone, it asked him in the press conference, I think yesterday, saying, oh, are you a bit worried about you know, what the postponements might have done to your team's rhythm? And he was like, have you seen us play? We have no rhythm. <laughs> yeah. This is like, this is what yeah. we need. Like we need to dancing. find The succession find plan that. in their midfield in Liverpool is not, and this is no disrespect to them, it's more like they changed a lot at, very quickly. Like Sadio Mane... Huge mm, loss, massive. right? Huge loss in terms of the intensity brings to the front line. The midfield, you know, it's aging to point like you have mm-hmm. like Henderson, you know, no disrespect again. It's like the succession plan was meant to be Oxo Chamberlain, mm. Navigator, right? Those players. Curtis just, Jones. You know, Curtis, you know, fitness levels are a challenge. Just, you know, injuries mm-hmm. are what they are. And so Liverpool have that thing where they're having to kind of, Man City are just flying ahead, mm. right? And, you know, resources, we know about the resources and the depth they have. And Liverpool are kind of almost, it's the cliche of like trying to build the plane while flying it. And when you've got the threats coming now from behind, before it was like, you know, Liverpool and City out by themselves and Chelsea in the chasing pack. Now the chasing pack is, is Spurs and Arsenal, mm. right? Who have depth issues of their own, but still. And it's, it's tough for Liverpool at this point because they're kind of looking over their shoulders and yeah. looking forward while also trying to look inwards. Wow. It's, like, it's like when sports scientists talk yeah. about players being in the red zone. Liverpool have been in the red zone for like three seasons. Just in that, just in that, on the edge, Absolutely, on the yeah. edge, and they've made it work. But now everything is collapsing. Given Al Pacino went on that run in the 70s. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and didn't win the Oscar. And was cleaning house. You're like, yes, oh my goodness, yeah. Pacino. I wasn't alive. Yes. Everyone was talking about <laughs> Yes, I remember it well. But, but, but you, can, you can sense it, you can feel it in the ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I wasn't, I wasn't on it, you know, I wasn't, mm. I wasn't, but like, you watch the old films back. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Afternoons and all this. Godfather, the man was on a tear like nothing else, but someone else was always winning. What that does to you psychologically, right? 
just to keep coming back and be hungry. You're right. It's not just the physical. Mm. It's the way it is. And then you come like the last season, the incredible season Liverpool put in and City mm. still pull it out. And still pull it out, yeah. But City just get stronger and stronger. They're just, mm. a, they're a Marvel supervillain. They just absorb everything yeah. and they're yeah. like, they oh, you want to try and beat us? No, watch yeah. this and just They do. They have a flex. They're you know what, they, they are inevitable. Yeah. They flex like Thanos. Yeah. Thanos they don't do. look around him. He doesn't need to look behind him or look above him. Yeah, but right. like I mean, their, their wealth is the equivalent ring, of having the Infinity up. Stones. It is, it is. It is like... But, um, I think City have got the Infinity Stones. The Wealth Stone. That's yeah. the one, isn't it? They've got yeah. the Wealth Stone. That's the one. Oh, God. <laughs> the only, only Infinity Stone I'd want is the Vibe Stone. The Vibe Stone, bro. Because <laughs> you can get vibe with vibes. Um, we, but, uh, no defence, just vibes. No defence, just vibes. Oh, my God. That sounds, that's, that's like Hunball. <laughs> um, Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. So we were talking about Real Madrid originally as well mm. in this. And I think this is a really like interesting comparison because obviously the side that Liverpool lost to in the Champions League final last season, mm. heavily reliant on Benzema. Benzema not there at the weekend against Mallorca. They go a goal down, but they have other players who uh, have been there for a long time. And I'm going to refer to another tweet from our good friend, Password Striker, author of many books. When Ryan <laughs> says, um, I'm going to refer to a tweet, Musa's like body shudders. He's like, which, which one? one? Oh, which no, one? No, I mean, that, talk about volume goal scorer, volume <laughs> yes. tweeter. Volume yes. tweeter. Just like, bang, bang, left foot, right foot, bang, bang. What was um, it? Va- Freddy Valverde. Yes. We were talking about someone from a very specific position and like fit yeah. to people who essentially can play or relied upon in multiple, multiple different roles, roles yeah. positions, mm. and ways. And Fede Valverde is amazing because I was basically tweeting and thinking, it was the heat of the moment. I was basically like, I couldn't remember playing a player being as decisive in multiple roles as Fede Valverde. I was thinking of like Luis Enrique and um, Alex Pop, actually. And other players, people mentioned, oh, like, you know, Happy David Alaba. And I was like, yeah, excellent, excellent shouts, Philip Lam. The thing about those players was they weren't changing every week. Mm. Like, this is the thing, like, it's one thing a player will be like, or may- maybe Michael Essia and he would play mm. like right back one week. Mm. Fede Valverde will play as an eight, as a more deep lying player. He'll play as like a right, he'll be as a winger. And I'm like, they just put him in anywhere. Wow. And, be, and he'll do a job. Like, and it doesn't matter. Like, he doesn't really seem to care about stats or assists and neither do his managers. And it's funny because he's one of those players where you look at a player like Valverde and every time I see a player like him, I realise how little I understand football. Because when I first saw him for Zidane, I wasn't like, oh, he's not good enough. I was mm. more thinking, yeah, he's good, but how is he keeping X out of the team? Yeah. Mm. Or Y out of the team? How is that guy on the, on, on the pitch when that guy's on the bench? And then like, of course, now everyone sees you it. See, yeah. But then you just, see, yeah, but Zidane, look how long ago Zidane saw it. Zidane, exactly. Zidane saw it and Ancelotti saw it and they were like, no problem. Yeah. And we see now, like, and so I was just really wondering about, were there players that you looked at, Ian, who were like, 
you could, could do. They could, you could change them every position I think, every week. You and know, they could just do it's it. funny because me and Rice spoke about it and I've done a list, but the one person I probably think you could, you could have done that to and he'd, he'd still be top class in anything to do with midfield and left side, John Barnes. Wow. I think, you know, I, I remember like even when he got to that stage when he dropped into the midfield and was, was playing like a midfield one-touch business, it was, it was amazing. So I think that John Barnes, and you know who else? Stuart Pearce. Oh, can oh. You, you talk about the Stuart Pierce thing you told me. me. This was amazing. I remember like, even with, with Stuart Pierce. I remember when we when we played against Stuart Pierce. Remember he's starting at left back, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, you'd see, he would he, you'd see him in the center of midfield. Yeah, I didn't even think he was a left back. I thought he was Honestly, the center, mid, center, center midfielder. Midfield, and then you know the, the furthest forward, he seemed running back. Like the the, the 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 move will break down. He'll be running back from the right wing spot. Oh my god! Under that Brian in that Brian Clough side. We were petrified of him. He could score from 30 yards or he'd be in the box tapping in. Is that Stuart Pearce, the proto-inverted left-back You know winger. something? It's I would really want to know the Honestly. size of his lungs because he seems like a man God. who has lungs that are like twice the size of a normal human. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You puts just, in a shift. <laughs> puts in a fucking shift. You know who else who, who should um, who didn't get to play as many, as many positions as he did because in the end he played kind of right side, you know what I mean, mainly mid- midfield. Ray Parler. Mm. I think Ray Parler Right, could have been a right-sided centre half, right back, centre midfield, right side midfield, right wing, like Lauren before Lauren. Yeah, Ray Parler could have done all those. One of the most underrated players I think ever. And he ever played centre mid for a bit. And yeah. he was incredible. Yeah. Was in the FA Cup when he, final. When he no, when he made his right debut, side, right when he made his debut at, Pal- at, um, at Arsenal, we played at Palace. He played centre midfield. Same with when we played at Liverpool. He ran. Um, I think it might have been um, Jan Moby and Roddy Whelan, whoever it was, random ragged. Amazing. Set me up the goal where I scored when I ran from the out. It's not about me. It's about me. It's sure? It's like, me. the thing is, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about me. And you know, he ran and ragged, but like when you oh, watch him, like in training, when you watch him in training, could literally play in any, 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 any place on the pitch because he was strong, great touch, great passing range, you know, unbelievable. Because those players increasingly fascinate me because we look at football now and it's, I wouldn't say it's a positionless game yeah, because people obviously still have their roles. It's more that in a game where there's greater fluidity, players like that start standing out more and more. Like, you know, Bernardo Silva, players of that. Because the game, because there's space, you have to be so dynamic in how mm. you find space. Because space basically appears and disappears yes. all over the pitch yeah. now, much quicker than it ever did. So players like Valverde, players like Bernardo Silva benefit because they can exploit, they can exploit the match in any situation, right? They're ready... They're ready to create something anywhere they are on the pitch, which is not a skill that, that everyone has, actually. Can I, t- can I throw one more name in? Because yeah, it just came to me. Kenny Dalglish. Wow. Kenny Dalglish could probably... Kenny Dalglish, for me, could have played... He could have played six, ten, and... Sent, he, I'd and, love to have seen him as a six. I, he could easy play six. And easy play ten position. and then play number nine. And play them well as well. You know what? Kenny Dalglish, probably, even if he had to play right back, he'd be able to do it. Why Kenny though? What's what was what about his? Because, of his, you, because is, it, of, is it because you do a show with Kelly? No, is that why? Is this just <laughs> is this what's going on? Just no, keep because it, when you, the Dalglish, PLP Mafia, right? When, you watch, when yeah. you watch the way Kenny Dalglish played as a striker and the way he's able to make space in a place where you're not meant to have a lot of space, right? Where the, where the ball came into him, where he could turn, roll people, and play rushing, you can imagine what he'd be like if he's playing in an area of the field where people weren't right in his face instantly. And he's, he can turn and have time to pass. 
That's how I'd look at Kenny. That's why I would say that about Kenny Dalglish. Same thing if Kenny Dalglish, like he kind of did with Rush. Yeah. Kind of dropped off. Rush he was the one who's running and he was just playing through as he was getting older. That's why I believe that if he, if you, if Kenny Dalglish w- could, could have played six, he'd play six. Younger days, he probably could have played eight. Easy 10 and number nine. Yeah. It's kind of, there were a few players from, not just that era, because Dalglish was obviously a little bit later, but like Cruyff as well, mm. for example. And I think there are actually quite a lot of similarities between Cruyff and Dalglish. Oh, huge, huge, in yeah. terms of playing mm. style. And I think that outside of Liverpool fans, I think Dalglish is maybe, or maybe uh, avid English football watchers of a certain era and Scottish football watchers of a mm. certain era. I think Dalglish's name is way too absent from too many lists exactly. around those kind of players. I do, I, I, yes and no. I think it's one of those ones where, you know, like you have musicians like this where in their own country, there's a few people that are really into them. And then you go like maybe like four or five borders away. Someone like Thai, for example. You talk about Thai, like in European hip hop circles, it's like, oh my goodness. Like Rest they get peace. their, there. they get their props. Like, and so Doug is one of those players that probably gets his props in like, very specific countries like oh my god you go to like Brazil be like mm. oh my god Dalglish yeah, they like, they'll refer to like, like Garincha when I went to Brazil everyone was like oh my god Garincha was the guy I think Dalglish has that same type of those same kind of props like your favourite hip hop producer's favourite hip hop producer mm. exactly do you think Dalglish is like that or yeah, is he's like Dalglish. Yeah, Dalglish is yeah. that remember Dalglish had to come in and, and replace Kenny Dalglish, Kenny Dalglish had to come in and replace Kevin Keegan right you know what I mean and I was thinking wow this guy and like I remember I mean can we sorry I, I think I genuinely think that unless you know around about the context of what Keegan was yeah, at it's Liverpool. Unre- it's unreal. It's, it, it's that is like, because like, a lot of people look at Keegan Who would it be like replacing they, now? Del Piero Baggio. <gasps> That's it. Jesus All right. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't even... Didn't... How long have you been waiting for that one? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 I haven't finished the concert. I didn't even finish the sentence. <laughs> Literally, faster than a hundred meter. That was you saying bolt business. Ooh. Sorry, that's been in there. That's been stored up. But you, I, I, I think you're right. That's I think the only right. comparison I can think of where Kevin Keegan was a god, oh. like just in terms of a figure, and to come into that and like what he meant, not just the charisma. wasn't just the football. It was the charisma, the energy, the hair, everything, the mm. vibes. He embodied the times. He embodied the actual mm. times. Baggio was Juventus. Mm. He was, he actually was, you know, it was like indivisible. And it's like, oh, who's, like, who's the kid with the curly hair? And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> wait, wait, till he, wait till he comes back from pre-season with those pointy sideburns in a few years as well. Wow. Oh my God. Pointy sideburn Del Piero. Do you remember? There are footballers ever so, yeah, oh my God. Pointy sideburn You've Del Piero. You've got to have some yeah. self-belief as a yeah. striker to come back with that flex. Yeah. yeah. There are footballers where certain haircuts, yeah. you're like, they're in their final form. When I saw him with that, Uh-oh. when I saw him with that, I'm like, he's in his final form. Yeah, Flo, did you mention any of the women? Because well, I, I was so going to say, two, what about Kim two, Little? Well, I think I think Kim Kim Little is a good example, mm. but for me, I think Katie McCabe yes. because she can play right, left. She can be a fullback. She can play a part of a front three. Could play six she goes as a well. winger. Probably, yeah. Easy. And then Erin Cuthbert as well, because she's been moved Cuthbert. about so Aaron much. Cuthbert. And you know the two things that unites those players? Mm. They're warriors. And mm. I think if you're a battler, and I think if you're a troll on the pitch, I think you can, can actually Oberdorf play anywhere. Can I add to that as well, please? Yeah. I want to add Oberdorf, oh, because yes. Oberdorf, we actually saw Oberdorf do multiple roles in this tournament. I think she could actually be the new pop in terms of playing left back. I think she'll play, not quite sure as a striker, but I think it's a 10, certainly. And actually, you just reminded mm. me, Freelil and Rolfo, we've seen her play. Oh my God. Oh my God. Back of Barcelona. Yes. She can wing. play as like a 10, she oh can play God. on the wing. Yeah. Like she is And she's like elite. Multi-dimensional. In each, elite in each category. This is, yeah. the, this is the thing, when I was thinking back and I was like, 
there are players that are good in all that are good in all positions, but to be truly elite, Rolfo, I love this because I'd watch her for Barca and just be like, they can do any. Like, there's a coach's dream. Mm. You put that. You put her anyway. You put yeah. her left side. You put her up front. That's, nine. Yeah. And I also, actually, and that's I the think thing. as a player, trust, it's really frustrating him. because when I interviewed Erin Cuthbert before the season started, she was like, "I said, what's your main goal for the season?" She she spoke about obviously like winning trophies in the Champions League, but she said, "To be honest, I just want consistency in where I'm being played." She oh, was like, "I got moved about. I yeah. got moved about a lot last season, and I just want to cement my place in midfield again." And I think she's going to get that this season because they're not going to have maybe as much of an issue at fullback as they've had in the past, but TBC on that. Um, but I think she's going to be happy to like actually have a place now because I think you must, like Rina Rofa must be like, I don't want to play at fullback. You, like, say you must that, feel some, a bit lost. You say that, but then I think there are some players who coaches go to and they're like, you've got a different assignment this season. Mm. Like Gundogan, it was like, okay, you're going to score 20 goals this year. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. do you know what? I'd put Gundogan in this category, actually. Yeah, Gundogan's definitely there. And I think there's actually some players... I think Valverde is one of them, one of the few players who don't just play multiple positions, but they're actually happy being told, you're going to do that. You're the energy guy. Because you also, if you're in your, you know, like early to mid twenties or a little bit older, like you're still developing as a player. Mm. And I think, it, you probably want to, to grow in your position because right. you know if you move clubs, they're going to view you differently. If you're going to get a move, you need to you need to have a USP, right? This mm. is me. This is who I am, rather than just being like the everyman jack of all trades. Yeah, but I think that what's going to what's happening though. That's a great flow. It is a very good point. I think what's happening now is players that can play multiple positions have got more of a chance in a in a pep side or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But there's a really good example of that in the modern era of someone that, who's still playing that you mentioned, that's James Milner. Oh, yes. Mm. James Milner yes. has managed to go from, through, mm. like, from a, from a, a, a title-winning side Such to a, another title-winning side, side, yeah, playing different positions within both. Yes. And played a different position way earlier what in his career. What about that time when he, did, what about when he was playing left-back? Left-back, yeah, yeah left-back, yeah. He's playing left-back, man. I remember when he first started, I think Leeds, he was a striker. Wow. When I first saw him at 16, I think he scored a goal or something. When he, he was I know like he played 16. out wide as well. So Philip, Philip Cocker as well. Cocker's Cocker Cocker has played yeah. like... Well, we have, to, we have to give the shout out for the, one of the all-time goats. Rude. rude. Oh, Rude. rude, rude. Oh my goodness. Again, you see now you look at someone like Rude, oh my right? Especially in... When you look at um, FIFA and when he's, he's literally in every single team. He's yes. in every team. And when you look at the way he plays technically... He could literally play in any position on the football pitch. Yeah. A 3-4-3 three, three composed entirely of outfield Rude Hullets <laughs> beats anyone. No, who could he beat? Who, who could everyone. He have a everyone. A 3-4-3 three, three three, beats... Three of it beats aliens five galaxies away. <laughs> I don't care. You can bring anyone. Isn't that that? Isn't that the bit in one of the Marvel movies or Ant-Man where he just like keeps multiplying and he's just like... Bloop, yeah. bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> like, just because... You just think about like a 3-4-3 three, three, though because it just is everything that he... The, he so, well, he, so he would be... In every position on every the football position, every yeah. position. 11 Hullets. 11 Roots. 11 Roots beats any other configuration. It of beats what 11, it, beats 11, it beats 11 De Stefanos, even. Because oh, Rude Hullet was an Jesus. incredible sweeper. Does he beat 11 Cruyffs? Yes. Yes, because he was the defender. This thing, there's, a, there's, a, there's a footage I can't find anymore, but it was um, Rude Hullet playing as a sweeper against Italy at like 21. Mm. And it was like, I'm actually, I was shit. It was unreal. Floating passes everywhere. I think he scored run from distance. It was un running the show from Does he sweeper. beat 11 Platinis? Yes. Oh, he beats 11 anything. He beats, he does. He beats, yeah. 11 Platinis? Yeah, yeah 11 Platinis. He does. It he sounds does. like a, a football themed version of like 12 Days of Christmas. The man scored a volley. 
The man scored a volley with his knee from 12 yards out. With his knee. An aerial volley. Does he beat 11... <laughs> listen to me, carry on. Does he beat 11 Loisa Mateuses? Yes. Lo he was a better defender. Someone wrote to me and said, oh, like, Lomitez is a sweep. He said, I never really liked him as a sweep. I saw him as a, he was a playmaker from the back. Does he beat a lot of Ian Rice? No, Musa, when you say that, I imagine someone handwriting you a letter saying, dear Musa, does he beat? And then he read it saying, yes. sitting in your desk. Musa's, Musa's just saying, yes. <laughs> just wrapping up on this really quickly, because I think there's, there's a very, very subtle difference between, you know, like people that get deemed utility players mm. yeah. and people that get deemed versatile. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering what that is. Like with Valverde, for example, because we started with Fede Valverde yeah. because he is a, he's been in really, really good form for Real Madrid this season. He deserves a little bunch of flowers, mm. I think. I think that time, we always reference it, but the time changed when he made that foul on Morata. In, it wasn't Morata, wasn't it? In, against Atletico. Atleti, yeah. Yeah. Got the red card and all of a sudden it was just like, it was like he was blessed. It was like, you can play anywhere. <laughs> right, right. Like, you've, you've earned, earned it. You've earned I think it's the stats. No, you're completely right. There's also an element of like, the only stat these people care about is really trophies. Mm. Um, because there's so much work they do that will be unappreciated. We'd mentioned the Tony Crow's video I, I keep going on about, but it was really interesting in terms of there are players who do things that only those inside the dressing room, including the coach, will appreciate. And you'll get no credit for mm. them anywhere beyond because even like the analysts don't pick up on it. There's a lot of stats now, like, a lot of the stats in that cross video are video, stats that weren't really being picked up. Um, they weren't being measured until a few years ago. So there's entire generations of players who've done this kind of like dirty work. You look at their career stats and it's like, oh, they only scored like one goal a season mm. and they had like no assists in 30 games. And then you look at what they won and they won everything. Everything, yeah. And you're like, oh, they must have been good. And then those players get called in different contexts. Oh, they're passengers, they're whatever. And it's like, no, they, realize, they yeah. built the bus that's, that's, and they drove it. It's, like, it's the know. same with, with Harry Kane, right? The fact that he doesn't have the trophies that so many others who would have played at Mil Real Madrid have had and, and will finish their careers with. People will always have that question mark over him. He has yeah. the stats, but not yeah. the trophies. And it's that flip, flip side of it. The funny thing with Kane is though, Kane is like so obviously a winner. And it got me to think about this. This is another conversation of the podcast, but about like, how do we actually assess greatness at a certain point? Mm. Because you look at like... Because he's, he's great. Yeah, but yeah. You, look at, you look at certain sports, they're actually more fair than football. Look mm. at like the NFL, for example. Barry Sanders considered the greatest running back of all time. And Barry Sanders, I don't think he was actually in a team that ever had like a winning season that won more games. The Detroit Lions, I'm not sure mm. they ever actually won more games than they lost when he was there. I'm not sure if they did that like more than he did one, one two. And Barry Sanders is indisputably the best because the mm. NFL has different metrics, mm. partly because there's only one trophy you can win. And also the way they keep you at certain franchises. So mm. you don't have the fluidity to move around to move, like yes. a lot of places. Yeah. So it's almost like they have to assess it differently because it's not fair because they know you've been kept a certain place. I think with Kane and these players and Gascoigne, whatever, I think we assess them differently with, it's more about what were the peaks that they hit. Like Alan Shearer, right? Mm. No one disputes Alan Shearer. It's because we assess his greatness in a different way. And sometimes it forces, it forces us when we see elite players who are clearly elite, who haven't won as much, look at them differently because if you look at what Lilian Turam won at club level you don't believe he's maybe the greatest centre-back of all time or the greatest right-back you don't believe it because he didn't win that much um, so yeah different it's, assessments it's, like, it's, it's very similar to Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> who is basically it's only a matter of time who in theory <laughs> elite is the GOAT but the didn't butcher. win enough trophies <laughs> he did a call he did a call I love it's a segue it. to discussing Thor <laughs> but we all watched it this week right because it was it dropped on Disney Plus yeah and did. I love Christian Bale I love him he is love amazing him. in it yeah he's right? very good can I be honest about about Thor and, and I've not 
I, it didn't. It didn't do it for me. <gasps> the headlines. It's, it's Ian Wright slams new. Not Dormy. slamming it. It's just I watch it and there's it's too much. There's too much joviality in it. Just it feels like it. This I is wanted not it, the time I for wanted, jokes. Yeah, I wanted it to be more. Like wow! Oh my gosh! I'm, this is really getting. This More is getting meaty. me too much jokes when I, I didn't want them. Came out in theaters a couple of months ago, right? So after I'd watched it this weekend, I on the way here I listened to the Ringiverse pod that the Midnight Boys did after. Mm. Shout out to Charles and Van and uh, Jomi and Steve, and they there was something that Jomi said which was really really funny, and they were talking about this saying because it's obviously very like Taika Waititi's yeah. mm. vibe, right? Yes, yes. And Jomi just went. If I'm being honest, Tyker's got a little bit too much dip on the chip. <laughs> so good. So and true. I was like, so that is yeah. actually a really good, and it's fun. It's a yeah. fun movie, right? Mm. But Moose yeah, and I were talking about this, and Moose mm. made a valid point of just like, the, the villains aren't scary enough at the moment, which is interesting because also over the weekend, a leaked trailer oh. of the next Ant-Man Ant- movie. Ant-Man Quantumania. With Kang. Kang. Jonathan Majors as Kang set the doing the voiceover, Lef- and I was still petrified. I wanted it to be Moose. I wanted for to be yes. I get it. Get the jokes up to a point, but you know. Well, I've, look, this is my view. This is my view on all of this stuff, right? Like, if you're doing a kind of superhero series, the comedy should be there primarily as a relief from the tragedy, right? Mm. Because it's, it's, the, it's a hero's journey, right? You need the tragedy, and that's the kind of the dominant thing. So, for me, I said to Ryan, like, they should have shot this whole thing as like a film noir. A detective film noir. So the whole thing with Thor is Thor's basically a detective, right? He's a failed detective because in the first book that Marvel, he basically goes around the universe looking for the Infinity Stones and mm. can't find any. Like mm. he, he basically disappears for three films. Where's Thor? He's looking for the stones. <laughs> Doesn't find anything. So like, imagine if this was like this god, this god butcher is murdering all his mates and Thor's having to go from place to place, planet mm. to planet, can't find him. And it's like the case he can't crack. And then you have the comedy as the relief. But the actual overarching thing is like, because he's, he's murdering gods. That's like, yes. as a concept, that's an astonishing. And also why he's doing it. Like, it's about the loss of faith and like the gods aren't delivering. The gods mm. are basically like they, yeah, they could a party. Have, sorry, what, to, sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. but that, that is, like you said, concept, as a concept, that's a genuinely like overwhelmingly terrifying yeah. like theory that you could lean on. There was that one moment in the film where it goes to black and white and instantly the, the mood of the film changes and I'm like, I'm into this more than I have been the rest of the movie you so need to far. From go that, and from make that, the film, from like a, from, from a, there, yeah. from a kind of like a, what's the word? Like an actual like. I'm invested. In if I'm looking at this from a kind of like an experience, but at the end of the day, I think stepping back from it, watching the movie, it was just fun. It was fun. I just had fun watching the movie, but I didn't want to have that much fun. If you need a <laughs> no, that's <laughs> no. I If you need a villain in the movie, it needs to be one way you're thinking. I might sleep with the light on tonight. You know, that's I'm, the kind I'm, of I'm, checking, film, I'm yeah. checking behind cupboards. You know, Bane, you know those ones, business. Yeah, you know when you're, you watch Dark Knight, you're like, okay, go to bed at night. You don't leave the cupboard open because it's an invitation for something to emerge from. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's a portal. You, you don't want like, leave yeah, yeah, You don't yeah. want leave leave coming at you. It's, that, it's, that, it's, it's a portal. So like, I just think I want I want, I want to be a bit more scared. Mm. And I think even, the Kang, the casting of Kang, Jonathan Majors, I think is going to be incredible. Even some of the new Disney trailers, which are like for ten year olds, kind of scare me. I'm I'm very easily spooked, but mm. like the new live action Pinocchio, I was like, I'm not gonna watch that. Oh, but those cartoons mm. are terrifying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about that. Also, the live action things just make it too real because you're like, Ugh. yeah. But then look, I mean, you can't to... separate. There's no Remember... separation of church and state when it's live action yeah. in front of my face. Let me tell you something. We watched. Mad- I think I took the girls to watch Madagascar Three, mm. and it had um, it was when they was in a circus and going somewhere, and we had to leave. 
because the villain woman in it, the police woman, the girls were fucking petrified. Right? When we came out, the people outside doing that, you know, the survey, right? I said, what's with that fucking police chief you got there? It's frightening all the kids. Kids were crying in there. Haven't you seen it? No. Madagascar 3, the one when they're on the, on the move going circus all over the guys. There's a police woman who's following them. She's petrifying. <laughs> Try and find a picture of that villain. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god. I fucking told you, didn't I? Look, oh my Ryan, get a fucking picture of that so people can see what I'm talking oh about. My, my girls literally two. lost camera, their camera fucking mind. Look, look at her. Zoom on camera two. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> is that not scary? That's horrible. That's Honestly. like Chucky. That's like Chucky. That is like Chucky. If, you know what? If, can you imagine if you're sleeping? If you're sleeping and you wake up, that's, that's your sleep paralysis demon. And then right you there. can see you wake up and that face that face is looking at you. <laughs> Honestly, I swear to God, like, Lola and Roxanne grabbed onto me. That is like, and, we, and then in the end, Nancy said, come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We gotta that go. Is... We gotta go. How can, how can the people who are making that I say? I think we gotta write yeah, to DreamWorks um, on that. A, yeah, that's that's the that's the, the villain we want. That's absolutely. She's the villain more I want. scary. She's more scary to, than Bane for me. That is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! You see, when I said when I said because this is what I'm saying because I want the girls to watch. I want the girls to watch. <laughs> I want the girls to watch these films. And when we went in there, it was like, I, it's like, just quickly, this won't make the thing. Right? I oh, remember it will. It we, will. Went to, we went to um, Paramount. So we went to the studios and that. So like me and Nance, we went on this ride, right? And it was like, it was like, we thought, yeah, the, the girls would be fine. But then what happens, it's 3D. So we're on this train and then fucking... It just turns into dinosaurs. So we've got our two girls, only two girls on this. So dinosaurs start coming out. King Kong's face comes really close, like, and the girls are screaming, right? So we cover them. So then we come off of that one and said, let's go on that, that little ride where it goes around on that little train um, around just to calm them down. We went on it. And then they go through this bit where, you know, the um, what's it called? Psycho. Yeah. So a guy comes out of the house with the knife like this. The girl starts screaming. And then the shark. No, no. Then the shark comes up, right? To, like the jaws comes up to the thing. To the, to the, to the, to the, and then we go in the bit where the train, it's an earthquake comes in. I swear to God, I don't know what damage we've done to our girls on that trip. It was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's, 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 I just that's it was life. Yeah, the horror fairground rides. Oh, my, you know, you know I what? went on one, I was so scared when I was a kid. I went to Simba, I, went, I was so scared, I closed my eyes the whole way. But I think it was such an old ride, I think something was broken. <laughs> Have my eye closed away, but something touched me on the back of the neck. Something sharp. No I way. think it was a malfunction. Oh something God. sharp touched on the back of the neck. Oh God! I can feel it. Thirty years later. Yeah. Have Where was this? When I was young, I was. We went to this fairground ride, and you I was so ghost train. I was so scared. I, I closed my eyes. It was out, like in the. You know these ones you go. These church trips you go to. Oh Because they did, the problem is the church trips, right? Bless them. They were trying. They're God bless them. Methodist church. Bless them. They're trying to take thirty kids. So they can't afford a super expensive thing, right? They'll take you out to some place in the middle of the countryside where, like, they can afford. They can afford for everyone. Bless this thing was falling to pieces again. <laughs> 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 
the terror. The terror. Do you know what? I've just really, I, I want to throw out some more flowers to improved health and safety standards. <laughs> have you ever have you ever been to Something like me the, the Halloween the Halloween thing at <laughs> Thorpe Park? I genuinely I'm yeah, not even remember, taking yeah. a piss. Yeah. I pissed myself in one of those ones. Is it scary? It's so them. scary because they come out and they they're yeah. allowed to touch you and you're not allowed to touch them, and they come out and they're dressed as like creepy clowns, and you have to hold okay. on to the person in front of you and you just walk through in the, it's this going. maze and they have like fake chainsaws just, and they come right yeah. it was fucking horrible sorry but like I don't want to but fuck that <laughs> I know I never went back that. and I'm such a scary cat it was like, the worst like, idea in the world why did that so myself? scary just, can we wrap now because this is making me feel <laughs> weird okay, let's also with that clouds. picture of no no guys no, yeah. no. that's, that's going to be the yeah. pod artwork <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, oh, man. Thanks very much. Thanks Ray, for having man. me. Thanks, Mr. Conga. Thank you, Flo. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, man. That was a pleasure. It's good. I'd like to do some more of that film stuff. And, bat- and it, villains. Man. You can do it, man. Ultimate villains. Ultimate villains. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Ryan Hun, Mr. Conga, Flo, Lloyd Hughes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, we'll have football back. Take it easy. Whatever you're doing, stay safe and stay well. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>